Hello, Coffee and Convo listeners. It's your host, Liz Bullard. Thank you for tuning in for another episode. For those of you who are new to Coffee and Convos, it's my podcast where I talk with friends, leaders in the community, and other great conversationalists about issues to the Waterbury community and that are happening in the world around me. This episode, I revisit the issue of African-American and Latino studies. Particularly this episode, we highlight how Connecticut is making history as being the first state to mandate and require African-American and Latino studies in high schools. And I have a very great conversation with um, the ladies of Current Talk, Faith and Cameron, and we discuss how African-American and Latino studies was handled in their schools and the implications this has in the community, as well as some very interesting thoughts on what we should be careful for as a state, such as making sure that our teachers are supported, make sure we're aware of how this can be triggering, as well as how this gives a renewed sense of pride and just overall how it's needed. We often hear about slavery and the oppression of African-American history, but we don't often talk about the inventions and the empowerment and the contribution to society these diverse cultures have had to American history. And so I hope you enjoyed this episode. Find Coffee and Combos on Instagram and Facebook. And remember to add three things to your cup to get you through your day and your week. Thank you, ladies. I'm super happy that you're here to join me on an episode of Coffee and Combos. How are you doing? We're doing good. Yeah, I'm doing pretty good. Awesome. And so for you listeners who are out there listening, I am joined by Faith and Cameron. They have a podcast called Current Talk. I got to be a guest on their show where we talk about the holidays and holiday traditions. And it was super fun. And so I'm super excited to have you guys here to talk about some things that are happening in Connecticut because you guys are over in uh, Chicago, right? Yes. Awesome. And tell us a little bit about um, your podcast. And Faith, you also have a blog. Um, So for our podcast, we're Current Talk. Um, Our Instagram is Current Talk Podcast. and I, I do also have a blog. It's called Just a Matter of Faith. And I kind of talk about health content and also being a Black woman pursuing a healthcare degree. Um, but we kind of have this podcast that we do um, every um, Tuesday night, but sometimes it fluctuates and stuff. But um, we kind of talk about anything that's going on. Um, we're doing kind of like this um, series where we have people come on the podcast and um, we kind of talk about different types of topics and um, it's just been really great. We got to meet um, amazing podcasters like yourself, Liz. Thank um, you. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I'm Cameron. Um, to all the listeners, I'm one of the other co-hosts of Current Talk. 
Um, absolutely love doing Current Talk podcast. It's really, really fun to do it, not only just navigating the podcasting world, but it's also do it with one of my really good friends from college, Faith. Um, and yeah, like Faith said, we talk about anything related to college, to current events, to pretty much anything that we're feeling. And we um, are currently having a series of guests over the next couple of months, which has been very fun and exciting. And um, I'm very excited to see not only um, what we do in the future with this podcast, but just in general, how we're, how it performs overall. Yeah, I, I think that's like super awesome. And it's like really hard to manage, you mm-hmm. know, life, college, podcasting, being creative and all of that. And so um, kudos to you. And I'm really, su- I didn't know what I wanted to talk to you ladies about because there were so many things. And so like I was telling Faith, you know, I was like, do I talk about COVID in college? Do I talk about, you know, how this year was as, you know, young women entering this world and like everything is shut down. And then Connecticut comes out with, um, well, they had passed this legislation last year um, and they had come out with the curriculum and they have said like, we're gonna implement this, starting fall of next year about, you know, teaching Black, African-American, Puerto Rican, and Latino studies. And so I said, I definitely want to chat with you about this. Yeah, totally. But before we jump into that, I have to start with my coffee and combo question, which is, are you a coffee person or a tea person? Cameron, would you like to start? Yes, I would love to start. I would you call am a coffee connoisseur. I literally am not exaggerating when I say this. I cannot go a single morning without having a tall glass of iced vanilla coffee every single day. Um, it's honestly, coffee is pr- probably at this point a personality trait. It's bad. I have it every single day. So yes, I do, you know, occasionally we'll have a tea uh, cup here and there, but coffee, it's a life essential thing for me now. If I don't have it, something is very wrong enough. (laughs) (laughs) I think for me, I'm kind of neither. Um, I mean, I do have both, you know, it depends on the time, but I'm not like a person that's solely on coffee and solely on tea. Um, And I don't really drink them usually, so um, but, you know, if I'm at Starbucks, I may order like coffee or something that has coffee in it. So maybe more leaning toward coffee. But I do also drink tea as well, but just not as often. Mm, so let me ask you, Faith. So we know that Cameron is a coffee connoisseur. That is her jam. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> if it's like a rough day, you know, and like you need like a, a pick me up, you going with. What's your drink? Whether it's hot chocolate, orange soda. I have a friend. She doesn't do coffee or tea. She's an orange soda and a uh, hot chocolate person. What's your your go-to to kind of pick you up and help you through your day? Ooh. Actually, I would do like an orange soda. That would be nice. <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely love it. So, ladies, like I was saying, so I'll give you listeners... Um, and you ladies, some background. So like I said, last year or so, some legislation was passed by the governor saying that, you know, 
uh, we were going to have African-American and Latino studies in schools. And I actually had talked on the podcast earlier in this year about it and kind of what was to be expected, some thoughts about that. And now we fast forward and we have some curriculum that they are putting out and they are saying we are moving forward with this. And my first question for you is, what do you think about the distinction? So in the legislation and when they're talking about the curriculum, it has said, you know, this is African-American, Black, Puerto Rican, and Latino studies. What do you think about that distinction of not just saying Black or not saying Latino? What do you think about that distinction of separating those two? Um, I think for me, um, I feel like they tend to separate, but not consider that you can be Black and also be Latino or Latina. Um, mm. Because I actually identify as an um, Afro-Latina. So mm -hmm. um, to kind of separate those terms kind of feels like you have to fit into one box. Um, but, you know, people can fit into many boxes. Um, and I do know that, you know, some Puerto Ricans um, do consider themselves um, Latinos or Latinas. So it's kind of like, you know, separating people. Um, I do, you know, I do like the concept of talking about Black history and talking about um, Latinx history. You know, that's great. And we need more of that, especially um, in today's society. But, um, you know, just separating, you know, the types of groups kind of makes it seem like you have to fit into one box where for, you know, some people that's not really possible. Um, yeah, I definitely agree with Faith. Like I, I always recognize um, that situation definitely when you go to vote or when you have to register for certain events or certain um, organizations or even simple things as registering for uh, like a, a website or something. Um, and they ask like, what do you identify as white, black, um, whatever, and then it's always the, it's either before this question or after this question, it's do you identify as Hispanic or Latinx? And there's always a sub, um, a subgroup of answers that are either no, I don't identify, yes, I am Hispanic Latinx from Ecuador, or I'm Hispanic Latinx from Argentina. Like there's always different country subgroups, which I, for the longest time, did not know about that you can mm -hmm. actually put that in detail. Um, but I definitely agree with Faith that um, it does, you know, in a sense, come out as a sense of like really separating and labeling certain people. Um, but at the same time, I appreciate that it is separated in a sense where if there is one that's more prideful towards Ecuador or Colombia or any Hispanic land that they can fully identify that specifically as who they are then. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm, absolutely. And in looking at some of the comments in regards to the post that had highlighted this, um, some people had a question like, isn't, you know, black and African-American the same and, and so on and so forth. And I think you did a good job of highlighting that people do identify, some identify as Afro-Latina, Afro 
or, you know, Latina or, you know, these different things. And I hope that in the curriculum, they kind of touch upon that. Because again, even in the comments um, in regards to this post, people talked about how some people, even who are, are Black, don't like being called Black, they, or, or they don't like the term African-American. So some will identify as Black, but not African-American and vice versa. Mm -hmm. And so I hope they kind of get into that history um, and the importance of labeling and why it is so important to us as people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Just kind of getting a little background, what has your experience been in the education system? Because some um, other and other comments were, you know, well, I've had, you know, um, African-American and Latino studies or I've had African-American studies in school and this isn't something new for Connecticut. And the real key here is Connecticut is requiring, even though it's offered as an elective, all high schools will re be required to have this course. And we're, when you ladies went to school, um, whether that was like elementary, middle school, high school, did you see or have the opportunity to study about different cultures? So for me specifically, um, so I went to a predominantly white school um, and there was no class, you know, regarding African-American studies, um, Latinx um, studies, um, anything like that. Um, they would kind of just weave like the civil rights movement and all that into like history class and that would be it. And even when it came to like Black History Month, um, when I was there for like two years, um, I I honestly did don't think that they did anything for Black History Month, and it was you know such a shame. And I know there wasn't a lot of Black people there, but I felt like it was important, you know, especially for you know a high school that is you know mostly white. I felt like it was necessary, and um. I think my last two years of high school, they started adding things, but it wasn't like big. So I think um, my junior year, they had like this board about all like the famous black people throughout history. And that was kind of it. And then I think my senior year, um, they had, um, like there was announcements and they would, you know, take time out of the announcements to talk about um, a black person in history. Um, and while, you know, I did think, you know, they're making progress, I felt like they could have done more. And honestly, like the year that I left, um, they were actually in the works of making a black student union. And I, I'm actually in contact with the ladies from my high school that um, started that. And I'm actually glad that they did because um, that's that club was honestly needed, um, especially in today's climate. Um, I think it's, you know, extremely important to have like a black student union, um, something that advocates for diversity, whether that's, you know, line X, um, anything like that, um, because we really didn't have that many clubs that um, were kind of aiming toward diversity. We had like a um, Korean club, I believe, but that was really it. Um, and I hope, you know, later on, like we can start having more clubs as well. Um, so, yeah. 
Yeah, I definitely agree with Faith. I feel like in high school, uh, my school, we did have, um, we had a couple um, multicultural groups, which I was very impressed with. We did have a Black Student Union. We had an African Student Association. Um, we even had a Hispanic and Latinx organization, which I was very, very happy about. Um, however, when it comes to like history and learning about it, um, I feel like um, the excuse we kind of had to actually talk about and have those more conversations was Black History Month. But I think the beauty of college in a sense where, you know, you have the option depending on the institution to major in African-American studies and to actually take, you know, classes like that and actually get that education on a more frequent level as opposed to like in high school or middle school it's kind of oh it's february you know martin luther king you know which i think it's very unfortunate and is something that i think a lot of high schools and in general a lot of schools that are not at the collegiate level need to work on yeah and i honestly think that um, my middle school did a little better job with that too because I remember when I was in eighth grade um, it was it was like late January it was like coming up to Black History Month and I remember um, that they showed the the Emmett Till like documentary and I Mm. was like and I you know if anyone has watched that documentary you know um, prepare yourself mentally because Um, And I honestly didn't even finish watching the documentary because, like, I cried in the middle of it and I had to leave. Um, And I'm, like, super serious about that. Um, But, you know, throughout the whole month, like, we were just, you know, focusing on Black history and we read poems. We watched, you know, videos. And um, I, I felt like that was, you know, good to get, you know, the momentum going and to really dig into black history and what it means and um you know the things that a lot of black people did um that you know should be remembered um so Mm -hmm. i i really appreciated um what my middle school did um obviously they could do better um there's always room for improvement um but i felt like you know even though maybe they probably could have showed that Emmett Till movie a little bit later, but, you know, I'm kind of glad that they did show it. And also because, like, since, you know, um, I'm pretty sure, like, Emmett was, I think, from Chicago when we were, like, 40 minutes from Chicago. Um, Mm -hmm. I guess it was, like, relevant to know, you know, that story, so. Absolutely, and what I hear you both saying is kind of really important because, it also highlights um, the continuity, the continuity between you know you kind of had an experience in, in at this stage, and then you kind of had it here. You know, college is really when you got to have a longer experience of studying this more in depth. And so, I think that's also the key again when people are talking about well, you know, it's around the country that they, we have this study, but if in requiring it. And requiring it, and again, they have like a specific curriculum that they're rolling out and requiring it, and it's going to be a year long course, you get to ensure that, you know, no matter where a student is transferring, no matter where a student is, they're going to have that continuity to have that experience 
um, whether they are in, because Connecticut is like, you have like rural farmland, you have like city, you have like this diverse um, landscape. And so it's nice that, you know, these children will still get to have this experience of all going through and having this opportunity, which could definitely lead them to in college going more in depth or even on their own. But I think like you both ladies touched upon, um, especially looking at the current climate, to have some resource where these children can reach out and talk and learn and have some context to of what's going on is so crucial and so important. Yeah. Yeah. And also um, kind of piggybacking in on regards to the education, what I found was interesting. So the governor kind of puts out kind of the reason why or the goal. And what he had said is um, the goal is to provide students with a better understanding of the African-American, Black, Puerto Rican and Latino contributions to the United States history, society, economy and culture. In trying to have this goal to teach students about the influence that different cultures have, how do you think, so like just say hypothetically, if this was something that was, you know, nationwide where it was rolled out for high school students and the goal is to really see the contributions that different cultures have made to the economy, society, culture, how do you think that would shape how we talk about race and how we deal with um, issues of race? I think, um, you know, with the influence and stuff, I think that's like a a lot what schools are missing because Mm. when they do touch on Black History Month, they usually talk about, oh, slavery, you know, the civil rights movement. And yes, there are, you know, great contributions that have happened during the civil rights period. But I feel like that's the only thing that they talk about and they don't talk about other things. Um, Exactly. So kind of having that influence part and um, what, you know, different groups of people did, um, I think is really helpful. And I honestly, you know, hope that it does break down some barriers and ways of thinking that people have about a certain uh, group or race. So. Yeah, I definitely agree. I feel like especially when it would come to Black History Month assemblies when we were younger in high school, um, we really only focus on, you know, the past. And I honestly feel like there should be a shift into focusing on the future and what has been accomplished, you know, especially after um, talking about, you know, faith and I's generation of what our generation is doing and um, all the wonderful things that are, are happening right now in our society. And um, while it is good to pay respect to, you know, Rosa Parks, um, Luther King, um, all these really, you know, really just overall our leaders and our, you know, inspirations to continue to um, advocate for the Black community, I think it's also important to you know, honor the current progress that's happening and even look towards what more can be done. Um, Because I feel like, especially when you look really, really far into the past, it can turn really negative really fast. And um, we also still want to keep a positive mindset of like, yes, this is what happened. This is what we can learn from it. And what can we do to move forward? Yeah, absolutely. 
Go, go ahead, babe. Oh, yeah. Also, like, adding on to what Cam said, like, I feel like a lot of people don't notice that a lot of the things that we use on a day-to-day basis, like, some of those things were created by Black people. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, a lot of people don't know that. And mm-hmm. you really have to, like, dig and dig to actually, like, find out, oh, like, this was created by a Black person. Mm-hmm. Um you know, what I'm using on a day-to-day basis was created by a Black person. Like, oh my gosh, I didn't even know. Yeah. So, and, you know, like this year has been a lot of like learning for me. Um, mm-hmm. You know, not just, you know, with policies and stuff, but also, you know, with the Black Lives Matter movement and also like things I didn't know about like, you know, Black people um, in the past. Um, yeah. So... I've been, you know, learning a lot this year about, you know, our history and what has been kept um, mm-hmm. from the textbooks. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And there's a common theme. So, like, a lot of times people I talk to, um, you know, again, this year has been a year that I have gotten to learn so much about um, African-American culture, Black history, um, and just like people that I didn't hear, never heard about growing up, whether in school and things like that. Um, And it's really interesting to, that when I talk to people, a lot of people had the opportunity as adults. And like you said, like hearing about people, hearing about inventions and how different it would be to kind of grow up and learn about that and it be just as natural as learning about the Christopher Columbuses or the Thomas Jeffersons and their, you know, the Benjamin Franklins and all of their contributions because really we have had um, African-Americans and Latinos who, and, you know, have just created things that make our life today easier. And so, um, I think that was really great that the curriculum sees, seeks to um, talk about the economic, the cultural, and the societal influences, um, especially like you mentioned, a lot of times we think Black history starts with slavery, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and our history is so much more. Yeah. Our history, if you look like even back in Africa, like before slavery, yes. there's so much there, and it really... Um, I think it is um, a, a hindrance and um, just a lost opportunity when we don't talk about the full history of, of people's culture. Yeah, totally. I, I definitely agree. And um, going back to what you said, Liz, like this year has been just a full year, not only of like self-discovery and like myself, but also like just looking, you know, doing the research that I've never really had time to just sit down and say, look, you know, I don't know what this is. I need to do my research. And I like just the inventions. Like I I remember I was on Twitter the other day and one of my friends, I copied and pasted an image. It was like a whole uh, page, like filled, like from top to bottom in small print of all like, black inventors and their inventions and they were like common household things you know that we yeah. every single day that were made by black inventors and i feel like 
you know, this can honestly turn into a whole other podcast episode, but I really agree that <laughs> do not, like society does not give enough credit to, you know, the, just the outpouring of just education, inventions, and just overall our purpose for being, you know, on this world that, you know, we have so much to offer and, you know, our our past especially says that that even in the present that we have black we have um bright talented um african-american um hispanic people that have so much to bring to the table um our i guess small eye can really just like hurt just seeing that vision yeah absolutely oh yeah i totally agree with you cameron and also adding to that like you know, our history is really just whitewashed. Yeah. Um, like, you know, they don't really talk about, like, the great inventions that people of color have contributed to society. And, you know, when they talk about Thomas Jefferson, Christopher Columbus, they kind of make them seem like, you know, a savior doing great stuff. But yeah. in reality, you know, they, they've done some pretty nasty things that mm-hmm. a lot of people are afraid to admit. And, you know, like I, when I was like, you know, researching and stuff, like some of those presidents that, you know, like I <laughs> yep. thought were okay people, you know, they're like, oh, like, you know, they, they own slaves. And I was like, oh my gosh, they, like, I, I didn't even know. Like when I forgot. Right. They present it in history. Yes. Like they were so well informed. Yes. Like they didn't have slaves. They were kind to their wives. And then you do your own research and like, wait a minute. <laughs> Yeah, like a prime example, honestly, you know, um, to the listeners watching this, me in in college, me and Faith go to college in Springfield, Illinois, and that is home to our lovely Abraham Lincoln president. For the longest time, tell me why I didn't know this boy owned slaves. Yeah. <laughs> and he, you know, Springfield is the capital of Illinois. When you hear Abraham Lincoln in Illinois, oh yes, that's him. Here we go. And I'm just looking at people sideways, like, what is going on? I got I'm confused. Like, why are you praising the slave owner? Like, yes, he did end slavery, but even that can turn into a whole other thing where he actually, for the longest time, I did a lot of research on this. He actually for the longest time did not want to. It, yeah, that's a whole that's a whole conversation. <laughs> <laughs> that's all yeah. you know, right. But you know, but you know, and like that's the thing. And I think that's the thing that people need to understand. Um, because again, some of the co- the comments were like, Well, are they gonna have Caucasian history? And the thing is, we we learn first of all, Caucasian history is not a thing. Caucasian is not a thing. <laughs> There's you know what I mean? Like that's like You know, you have like African-American, like that is a descendant of a nationality of a culture. You know, Italian is a descendant of a nationality and a culture. Um, But again, that's a whole other tirade. But but it it really is important because, you know, in learning about the different history, learning about the different inventions, learning about all of this, um, it's like, wow, I didn't know this. Yeah. And why don't we know this? Like, why is this not so readily available? Mm-hmm. I definitely agree. Ladies, last question for you. How do you think this can, these high school students, like, how do you 
think this can be a benefit? And how do you think this might be harmful, if at all? I think, um, you know, first thing I always emphasize is education. I feel without education, you know, people can't, like people will be uneducated and will think things that aren't necessarily true. And I feel like if we educate ourselves and know the other side of the story, we can make better informed decisions. Um, and then like also, you know, as much as I do love um, having these classes talk about African-American history, Black history, Latinx history, um, I also feel that there may be um, some challenges too um, in terms of consistency and like just the mm -hmm. resources available um, because if you're talking about, you know, rural, you know, Connecticut, where I'm pretty sure, you know, there's some areas where it's just white people, like where you would <laughs> find a person yep. um, who's very educated in African-American studies, black studies, like, like any type of study. And, you know, and, and also you have to keep in mind too, that, you know, if this person is a person of color, you know, putting them in, you know, maybe a mostly white area may also be harmful to them too, because they might experience racism, threats, like you, you don't know. Um, and I feel, you know, this has to be heavily monitored. Um, and they have to make sure that the things that students are learning are consistent. Um, and it's not just you know, we're just going to do this and not really dig deeper into it. Because I feel like, um, too, with the education system here in America, it's very different. Like, you'll notice, like, some schools, like, they really make you try to learn the material. And then some schools, you know, it's like blow off classes. So, mm -hmm. you know, we can't have that. And I feel like, you know, that's, it's great that, you know, Connecticut is implementing um, this system, but is it really going to be consistent? Is it really going to be effective? That's my worry. And is like if and also like if you try to bring um, people that are knowledgeable in the subject and to be honest, like I feel like we don't even have enough people that really know like the different types of history well enough to teach the actual courses. Um, I feel like those mm -hmm. people are needed. Um, but, you know, that's a whole nother conversation, whole nother topic we can discuss. Um, but, you know, also like, you know, there's safety as well. Um, cause you don't know like what, you know, certain, um, communities have, you know, if they have like high rates of, you know, racism, um, violence, like you don't know. And if you put, you know, a person in that situation, specifically a person of color, um, you know, may be harmful to them, even though they are, you know, educating people about, you know, um, the diff like different types of groups, it's still, they still might be, you know, threatened. Triggered, yeah. right? Being sensitive to their triggers and what this is bringing up for them and as well as the students, what it brings up for them, um, especially in this year where we've seen um, African-Americans um, and, and police and the conflict and, you know, constantly, you know, whether it's in healthcare, seeing the disproportionate rates that um, African-American women are die during childbirth. I think that's absolutely um, a point I didn't think about is the safety of it. Yeah. 
Um, and even thinking about the towns, because um, while in Connecticut, we don't like to talk about it, racism is present in Connecticut, mm -hmm. um, as it is, you know, nationwide at mm -hmm. times. And, you know, there is resistance. We see it online in the comments um, and what people have to say in regards to it. So definitely being aware of the resistance that parents might be giving in regards to this or the community at whole and how that's affecting not only the students, but the, the professionals. Yeah, and even like the parents, you know, they might rub off on the child. Mm -hmm. And so, may, and like, mm -hmm. you know, that child can, you know, um, resist, you know, any like learning about anything because their parents are like, no, like this, that, like all, you know, making up their own mind. And, you know, they're obviously, you know, people list a lot of the, a lot of kids listen to their parents and, you know, respect their values. And, you know, if they're talking really bad about, you know, this system, these classes, then obviously the student is not really going to pay attention. They're not going to try to learn anything. Um, and that's like another thing too um, that you brought up as well, Liz. Mm -hmm. I definitely agree with Faith. I feel like the conversation of um, race and just overall, like our whole history, um, not just within the Black community, but just overall, all different ethnic and multicultural groups is very, it adds a sense of maturity, I want to say, because even when we have recent events, um, like this election we just went through, like, yeah. <laughs> we can all agree that whole week before and, you know, leading up into even the whole grand week of the event that was, that was probably the most stressful week we've had in a while. And just to see everyone's um, views on everything, on views on what they see in a leader for this country, and just the diversity of just everyone, no matter what color, race, it was just a whole, like, honestly, eye-opening experience, which also leads me to Faith's point of how you know, when we have these conversations about race with young people, you know, the education system, I think personally, the earlier we start having these conversations, the less scary, the less intimidated, the less unsure we will all be, not only about ourselves, but what we believe in. Um, because, you know, and even I want to say that I know college students and people my age and even people that are older than me, um, when it comes to talking about this stuff, even like in person and not just on social media, it can be a little bit immature. And yeah. it's not on mm. purpose. You know, we all like it can be a sensitive subject for, you know, any direction you go with it. But I definitely think the earlier, you know, children, you know, the youth. Um, and even, you know, our age that were more educated on, um, you know, just the history of everyone, not just, you know, European history. It's just easier to understand each other better. And when we do have these big, you know, events in the world where we do come together, like the election or just different um, mini elections, like for the government. And overall, when we just make these really big decisions that really impact the entire country everyone can be on the same level head of like okay you know this is going to affect this this is going to affect this group of people 
how do I feel about that? Am I going to be, oh, you know, that's life? Or am I actually going to be, hey, you know, I need to step up? Um, and which also brings me to my point of, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement we had this past summer. Honestly, I that was a blur for me because I was half in the middle of, yes, I want to be engaged. You know, yes, I want to learn and be informed of the current events. But the other half of me didn't want to be mental, mentally and emotionally drained. Um, yeah. So many times where I just had to turn my phone off and not go on Twitter or Instagram and Facebook because it was just getting so bad. And um, yeah. you know, I had to unfollow, you know, a lot of people. It, 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 it was a whole thing. So I definitely think, you know, just the reform of education that we have right now and just people wanting to seek that extra level and just wanting to understand people better is what we need right now. Um, especially, yeah, I, with I, the past yeah. we've had. <laughs> I love that. And I love how you talked about how um, exhausting and draining just hearing and seeing the trauma of others that look like you. And I think that's something we often don't mm-hmm. talk about is, you know, a lot of times when, you know, you're in this debates and things, people are like, well, were you ever blah, 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 blah. And it's like, well, if you have to see people that look like you every day mistreated, if you have to hear about it every day, that is draining and really can start to affect your own mental and emotional mm-hmm. health. Yes. And I think like we touched upon, whenever we talk about Black and Latinos, we talk about how uh, they were made in the cornfields and the mm-hmm. cotton fields and this. We talk about how oppressive um, other cultures have been. And so I think this can really give an opportunity, um, like you had touched upon, Cameron, to talk about the great inventions, to talk about the great histories and influences um, to shape how um, we see ourselves as people, but also others. Um, because I think sometimes society looks at, um, you know, white culture sometimes looks at Black and African Americans and Latinos and Puerto Ricans as if we did not contribute anything to mm-hmm. America. And I think sometimes where that notion of speak American or be American comes from and, you know, how, you know, if you really learn about the history of everyone that shaped America, you would really see that we are all are being American. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ladies, this has been a wonderful conversation. I'm so glad we got to talk and connect. Uh, Listeners, I know that you have uh, learned so many things and I hope you also got to challenge your thinking. Um, And again, as we navigate this, feelings might come up for you, no matter what your nationality is. As your children go and they talk about um, African-American studies in school, that might bring up things for you. It might challenge some of your thinking as we touched upon with these presidents and things and how we have learned that their history wasn't as how it presented. And so I challenge you listeners to be curious about not only this policy, but as it's implemented. And I'm very grateful for leadership and the governor who not only has implemented this and advocated for this, but has also um, highlighted the importance of this issue. And I hope that this really makes a shift, not only here in Connecticut, but you know, nationwide, um, because if we've seen anything this year, it's, you know, lack of knowledge definitely um, has hurt us all year. Totally. Mm-hmm. Ladies, before I ask my final question, 
which is what's in your cup. Anything else you want to share, whether it's about your podcast, things that you have going on that you want the listeners to know about? Um, I do not think so. Um, I guess to all the listeners, um, if you do want to listen to our podcast, um, it is Current Talk Podcast, all one word on Instagram. And right when you click on that link, they'll have um, a link tree will come up to three different platforms you can listen to our podcast. We're on Apple, we're on Spotify, we're on Google, we're on pretty much any platform you use to listen to your normal podcast. We would love if you would go check us out. Um, We do, like they said, we try to do new episodes every week, but it kind of fluctuates now that we're about to go into the holidays and the new year. Um, But yeah, we would love for you guys to check out our podcast. Um, Also, I know Faith has a blog. Check her out. Um, What's the name again, Faith? Oh, yeah. Just a matter of faith. So my name is F-A-I-T-H-E, which is like an E at the end. Usually people say, you know, faith, you know, without the E, but mine's with the E. So um, just a matter of faith. That's my blog. Um, Again, I talk about health topics um, and also being a Black woman and um, pursuing a health care degree. So if you guys want to check me out, that would be good. I love it. Listen, you guys better go out there and check out these ladies. Their information will be in the link in the um, in the bio of this episode. And ladies, my last question is, what's in your cup? It's where I ask my listeners and my guests to name three things that they are adding in their cup to get them through their day and their week. And while you think of your answers, I will give you mine. So it is a Friday after a, it seems like a long week. And so I'm really looking to add fun to my cup. I need some like, I really would like a spa day. I feel yeah. like I'm not heading to any spa right now with COVID <laughs> yeah. and all that. But like, I'm yeah. <laughs> how I can add that at <laughs> home. Um And definitely hopefulness, you know, seeing, you know, and talking about this topic, seeing, you know, what you ladies are out there doing. It really has inspired me to have some hope in my cup that uh, we have people in this world that can get it together. And, (laughs) you know, we've seen this year um, people who have just been mean and who have been uh, falsely talking about claims of voter fraud and all these other things, having tantrums. And so you have given me hope that there are still sane people out there in this world. So (laughs) (laughs) my cup is filled with fun, a spa day and hopefulness. Cameron, would you like to go first? Um, I would say my first thing in my cup, kind of going along with your spa day, just de-stress slash declutter because I'm in that phase now and I'm sure a lot of us college students are we're in the process I had my last final on Wednesday night so I'm currently in the process of going from um in final zone you know I want to pull my hair out I'm so stressed to going into Christmas time you know we're gonna declutter everything we're gonna start fresh and you know 2021 with spring 2021 semester um, overall, you know, just trying to enjoy family time, being home. Um, but you know, that's another conversation with another day. Might be here longer than we think with the virus. I think the second thing in my cup is growth. Um, 
I know I've said this a couple times in some other podcast episodes, but I really think with how bad this year has been, there is something at the end of the tunnel for everyone in the new year of 2021. I really feel like we've experienced everything that needed to be experienced. I think everything needed to happen. And I just really think next year is going to be a year full of growth. Um, And I'm just looking forward to see, you know, what I'm going to grow in. And I guess my last thing is just overall creativity, Um, not just with this podcast, but just with um, life in general. Um, I really see college as a way to um, be a good networking opportunity. So I'm really just absorbing and just enjoying my college years and, you know, being creative as much as I can, because college does not last forever as much as we like. And, you know, I always hear even like my mom and my dad be like, I miss college. Like those are the years, you know, you got to live it up while you're there. And, you know, I, I definitely just want to live in the moment more and just not stress too much about what's going to happen next week. And, you know, be creative, be myself and overall just enjoy what's going on in the now. As an old fogey, uh, I will give you some advice. Keep that even yeah. after, you know, live more yes. in that moment. I think we end up, as we get older, we start setting these timelines of, oh my God, I'm getting this old mm-hmm. and this old. Um, and, and just, you can only live for now. Enjoy that mm-hmm. no matter what it is. Yeah. I think for me, uh, the three things in my cup would be water um, you can never have enough water. Uh, for me, though, like I'm really trying to, you know, stay healthy, hydrate myself. Um, so, you know, water is like a go for me. Um, second thing, I think relaxation, kind of like Cam said, you know, my last final was on Wednesday. And I'm, you know, starting to get into the phase where I'm like relaxing. I actually just bought these like Korean face masks yesterday. <laughs> So I'm going to hopefully put one on um, maybe tomorrow, um, kind of have that relaxation session for me. Um, And then another thing, too, is just um, positivity and love, Um, because especially, you know, this week, you know, a lot of people were having, um, you know, emotions were, you know, going high on a lot of things that were happening, a lot of hateful things in this world. And I just feel like we all need you know, positivity and love and just, you know, loving on each other, you know, despite our differences. So those are the three things in my cup. I absolutely love it. Listen, ladies, anytime you want to come back to Coffee and Combos, you are more than welcome. Um, I hope that I get to also come and visit you guys on your show, Current Talk. Um, have a fantastic rest of your year. And thank you for closing out Coffee and Comics. Yeah, thank you for having us. This was so much fun. I'm very excited and I'm so happy we got to do this tonight.